0: With each module's curriculum, the expertise of the Inner MBA faculty moves us forward in our journey to become more wise and compassionate at work. We've created this podcast platform so that these sessions are available to you not only on the learning platform, but also here in audio format. It's our hope that having the core curriculum available in this way will enable you to experience these teachings at your own pace and in the way that works best for you. Hi, welcome back. How's it going? I'm going to give you a little talk today about, uh, not mindfulness, actually. So uh, the way I work is really about helping you use these skills in the context of your daily life, right? So while I think it's absolutely great and essential to meditate, it is also great and essential to bring this into your lived world, right? And that, um, of the messiness of that makes it an interesting place to practice these skills. So my talk is called keeping it real and embracing the reality of mindlessness. So before we can talk about mindfulness, which I think oftentimes people don't really know what it means, we have to talk a little bit about mindlessness, which I think everybody knows what that means. And I'd like to start out with a a little story. if you can see this picture it's a picture of my son when he was uh, probably about three months old and i can remember we came home from the hospital my uh it was a saturday night my wife was in the shower and i was sitting on the couch in the living room it was very dark and quiet the cats were looking around wondering what, what the heck was going on and my uh my son was asleep in my arms and i was uh, kind of contemplating the profundity of this moment, right? And For those of you who have children, you know, you have this uh, experience of knowing that your life has completely changed and that you have no idea how, (laughs) but you know that something really profound is happening. And I was uh, just sitting in the quiet, feeling his body kind of resting next to mine, uh, appreciating the beauty and, and, profundity of the moment. And, uh, and then as if it had a life of its own, my right hand reached out to grab my phone to check the news. And I caught it. Like, like, wow, what's going on right now? And it was quietly horrifying. Because it was Saturday night, there was no news. And could there have been any more important moment in my life than, than this one? And why did some other part of me not wanna be there and wanted to do something completely different than that and, and absolutely irrelevant to that? And so that kind of quiet horror of seeing how easy it was to be distracted From what's essential, what's vital to your life by something that is totally inconsequential Was was quite frankly terrifying. I could see how easy it happened And I and I made a little vow to myself that and I didn't want to I didn't want this to set the tone for my relationship with my son you know going forward that dad was going to be on his phone half the time and And so I made a little vow that, you know, when I was with him, I was really conscious of being with him. And even, even if I was busy. And so I I give myself, you know, now four and a half years later, I give myself a B plus probably, but I I am really conscious of it. We are not the family that where three people are having dinner in the restaurant and we're all looking down at an iPad or a, or a phone somewhere. We, that, that is clearly one of our rules, but in any case, um, Have you ever been distracted from the essential, the vital, the absolutely important by the inconsequential, the trivial, the unimportant, right? If you're like a lot of the people I work with, the answer is probably yes. And it's unfortunately probably many times a day, right? That that attention is taken away um, from from something that's really essential by something that's inconsequential, right? That, that's in a way kind of uh, one of the hallmarks of contemporary life. And so this is why I like to talk about mindlessness first. That being self-aware is is in fact quite a huge challenge. And And how subtle this whole story is, right? It's subtle that attention shifts off somewhere and goes to a place that you don't necessarily want or intend it to go. But when we're talking about how do you cultivate these inner capacities, this is a really essential, if not like one of the first things that we have to learn to be aware of and and ideally master. So self-awareness, that sounds kind of fluffy. And uh, maybe you want some numbers behind the words, right? So here's some numbers. 90% of the time, probably more than 90% of the time, we're on autopilot. There's a great book called *Strangers to Ourselves* um, by uh, what's his name Wilson uh, from the University of Virginia. It's an excellent book on talking about how oftentimes we're we're just driven by an automatic pilot, right? Ninety percent is, by the way, the the optimist's um, number, right? There are people who think that you're you don't have any internal freedom at all. You're always on autopilot they're not the people you want to invite to your birthday party and they probably don't believe that about themselves, but they do believe it about the rest of the world. Right? So, but the long and the short of it is that a lot of the time we're functioning on autopilot and we'll talk a little bit more about why that is 95% of the thoughts you had today, you had yesterday. And which is good because there's some kind of stability, but you know, as anybody who's been married for a long time, how do how do you keep it interesting? So I hope you appreciate my humor. But any case, uh, this is one you probably know 47% of the time your attention is wandering somewhere else, right? And that when it's wandering, it's kind of wandering into a bad neighborhood. It's not wandering into neighborhood of appreciation or enjoyment or contentment about your world. It's usually wandering into the neighborhood of worry, self-doubt, irritation, fear, something like that, right? this comes from a 2010 Harvard study called uh, a wandering mind is an unhappy mind. So, you know, even right now, you're probably thinking about what are you having for lunch or, or all, all the calls you need to make or something like that. Uh, another number, less than a third of people can tell you what emotion they're experiencing in a given moment. Right? And um, this isn't just men, by the way. So, Right? How do you, if you don't know what you're feeling, how does that influence your sense of what choices you're making? Right? And then I'm sure Dan Goldman probably going to talk about this in his talk as well, but if you lack self-awareness, you have about a 4% chance of managing yourself successfully. This is from, straight from emotional intelligence research. So look at all these numbers, right? Ninety percent of the time, you're on autopilot. Ninety-five percent of the thoughts you thought yesterday, you're going to think today. Half the time, your your attention is wandering. Less than a third of people can tell you what feeling they're feeling right now. And if you can't manage yourself, you've you basically got uh, if you don't if you don't have self awareness, you basically got zero chance of managing yourself successfully. That's like driving down the freeway without being able to see uh, see through the windshield. Right? And so, you know, if we we, think about it, we can think about it this way, right? If I, if I can't read the gauges on my internal dashboard, then right, the, the choices I make, the actions I take, and the result I get are going to be kind of out of mindless habit, really. And so we can invoke the power of Ellen Langer, the grandmother of mindfulness research at Harvard University, who said that virtually all the world's ills Boil down to mindlessness. Now, now we can see why. Right? Now we can see why.